In this episode of the Church Security Roll Call, we're going to be discussing lessons learned from a church shooting. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Chris with the Sheepdog Church Security Academy, and this is your Church Security Roll Call. Today we're going to be discussing the article, The 2008 Church of Scientology Shooting. If you'd like to read that article, go to our website, sheepdogchurchsecurity.net, and look under the News tab. So let's begin in the Bible as we always do. This verse is 2 Kings chapter 11, verse 11, and it reads like this. And the guard stood, every man with his weapon in his hand, round about the king from the right corner of the temple to the left corner of the temple, along by the altar and the temple. So we're going to be discussing a shooting today, and I want to, and I want to give kind of a, a little disclaimer, or I don't know if that's the right word to use, but essentially what I want to talk about is this is we often, if you've been listening to me for some time, we cover all kinds of shootings in houses of worship. And so we, it doesn't necessarily matter to me of you know denomination or even uh, religion. Um, what it's all about for me is looking at religious organizations that experience violence and then looking at the lessons learned. So despite how you feel about whatever religion or whatever denomination we discuss, I'm hoping you can look past that and just focus on, hey, these are the lessons learned. What, you know, what can we learn and what steps might we be able to take to prevent this from happening to us? All right, so let's be, get, get into the details here. So on Sunday, November 23rd, 2008, a man in a red convertible stopped by the parking lot of the Celebrity Center in Hollywood and got out. Carrying two samurai swords, he went to the main entrance and asked to be let in. Two armed security guards at the entrance told him he could not come in. They began, he began waving the swords and threatening to kill anyone who got in his way. The guards pulled out their weapons and told him to drop the swords and leave. Instead, he continued to threaten and approach one of the guards, uh, waving the swords menacingly. The guards fired in defense, wounding the assailant and ending the attack. The assailant um, was no stranger to Scientology. 18 years earlier, he had been a member and had signed his name on an affidavit supporting the church's lawsuit against a major news publisher to keep them from publishing an article critical of the organization. Also, while attending UCLA, he and another student sued a professor. They claimed that his um, that this faculty member persecuted them because of their religious affiliation. This former member was mentally unstable, but not because of Scientology. He had been mentally ill before joining. Apparently, he hoped that he would overcome his mental illness through Dianetics. Um, in his in his case, <laughs> that did not work and he was not a member for long. Until the time of the shooting, the, the attacker had moved off and living at several addresses. Um, his last residence was in the city of Southern Oregon. Um, he had a record of odd behaviors uh, wherever he was. This included dressing like a demon with horns and terrifying children at, um, that were passing by his house. For a number of years, he repeatedly threatened the Church of Scientology through phone calls and the mail. 
Uh, one possible motive um, for his hatred of the organization may have been the large amount of money he spent for diagnostic sessions. Um, our purpose here is not to evaluate the church's methods. However, in this case, it seems like the methods um, would not have worked anyway. But anyway, okay. So, lessons learned from this situation. What I want to, well, the first thing I want to just bring up is just kind of a reminder that we all know this, is, you know, threats mean something. We really need to be paying attention to any sort of threat. So it says that he had posted several threats and phone calls and by mail, uh, threats against the church. These are big warning signs. These are something we definitely want to act on. If this ever happens at your church, um, pay attention to those kind of things. But what I want to do is this, is I want to dive a little bit deeper in their response. And it's not to be critical because some of the things that we're going to look at is we simply don't have the details for this. So what I want you to do is just for a minute, imagine you're working at your church. Um, and maybe it's a Sunday afternoon. Let's, let's pick a Sunday afternoon. You're at your church. Uh, people are at the church. Services are going on. You're standing in front of the church, um, you know, from in front of the front doors, and um, maybe you got another teammate with you, and you see somebody start to approach the church with what appears to be sword, a sword or swords in their hands. Well, our response is going to be based on a couple of things. Number one, how far away are there? Are they right? Because if they're far enough away, so we don't know in this case how far, when they identified him, how far was he away? You know, what, who, who saw him first and all that kind of stuff. We don't know that. But in our case, let's go with it's you or your team member sees him. Or if you have a camera system, maybe someone, you know, someone sitting in a camera room calls it in and lets the team know. Well, which turns out to kind of be the first thing. You see this You see this person coming. Let's say they're far away off at this point. First thing would be, hey, we need to call this in. Hey, I got a guy out here. Looks suspicious. Looks like he might be carrying samurai swords. This way you're letting the rest of the team know what's going on. And if you have it pre-set up already, somebody on your team now might be either coming out to back you up or... Maybe the guy in the camera room is taking a closer look. We want to identify if this guy actually has swords. If he has swords, then we're going to do two more things. One, we're going to call 911, get the police coming as soon as we possibly can. The second thing is we're probably looking at a soft lockout. And so in our training, what that means is the safety team members would simply go within, you know, go inside the building shut the doors, and if they're not already locked, lock those doors. Because in this case, even if it turns out to be this crazy guy that happened here, even in this case, when he gets to the doors, they're locked, you're inside, you're safe, you bought yourself to some time so law enforcement can respond, and hopefully there's no need for deadly force. What's the exception to that response plan? This is him being still far away off. The exception to that plan might be the number of people in your parking lot. If there's a number of people inside the parking lot, you're probably still going to call, you're still going to call in a soft lockout 
And so safety team members, additional safety team members hopefully respond. We go into a soft lock, uh, lockout. They're monitoring the situation, but because there's other people in the parking lot, you're going to need two people to approach them. And the reason you're going to approach under these circumstances is because those other people. We want to take the attention off of mom and her kids or other people, and we want that attention on you as the safety team because you're trained and prepared um, for this type of situation. So, that, that, so now you make that approach. It's contact and cover that we talk about in our training. One of you is going to be, you know, verbally engaging him, maintaining a safe distance. A safe distance for a, a blade is at least 21 feet. So you want to maintain that kind of distance as you're approaching him and saying, hey, I'm with the safety team. How can I help you? What's going on? You know, you know, are you all right? You know, that kind of deal. And then you're going to have your partner standing a little bit behind you, standing behind you able to cover you so if he starts to get it if he attacks you um, you got 21 feet to react by pulling out your weapon engaging um, and your partner has time to react and engage him with a firearm to in support of you um, one thing to consider is this is would you pull your weapon prior to getting within 21 feet um, very likely yes depending on the scenario right there's a big difference between somebody maybe carrying a sword, um, you know, in its sheath or whatever, or carrying it like it's a prop. You know, I, I think about um, the Renaissance Fair, right? There's a big difference between somebody who's coming from the Renaissance Fair um, than there is somebody who's actually holding it and wielding it in a threatening, menacing way. And if you're engaging them verbally further away before that 21 feet is broached, if they're acting menacingly, yelling and all that kind of stuff, you may draw and maybe it's at a low ready. Um, you know, you're not yet pointing them at them until there's additional indicators that there is in fact a threat. And then, of course, you're going to be transitioning from a low ready to actually pointing at the guy. Just make sure that you can articulate, this is why I cleared leather. You know, this is why I pulled out my weapon. I was yelling at him. He wasn't responding. He was holding it in a threatening manner, you know, by the by the handle, maybe he swung it a few times, his body mannerisms seemed upset, he was walking, you know, fast, you know, quickly in a straight line going straight for the door or straight towards me, you know, so I pulled my weapon, continued to yell out commands, hey, stop, stop, you know, drop the sword, he wouldn't drop the sword, it's getting closer, so then I go ahead and I'm now pointing at him, telling him to drop or I'm going to have to shoot, screaming and yelling at him. Um, you know, and so on with that course of action up to using force if necessary. Um, one of the things about the verbal commands, you know, one of the reasons we give verbal commands is not only because we want to give them every opportunity to comply with us, but it's also a way of notifying people in that parking lot that I said had additional people. They're hearing this and they hear you yelling, drop the sword, drop the sword, then they're going, of course, going to know what's going on, and hopefully they take reasonable steps to take themselves out of that dangerous situation. So that's kind of him from a distance. With nobody in the parking lot, we're going into soft lockout, calling police, and we're just going to stay protecting ourselves inside the building. If there's other people, far, he's far out, but there's people in the parking lot, you may have to approach him in order to protect the people in the parking lot and get 
the attention on you. Um, but once again, you're bringing a partner with you and both of you are uh, trained and ready to use whatever level of force you may need. Now, in the event of him showing up really without any warning, you know, like all of a sudden, boom, he's out from behind a van. Oh my goodness, he's already on top of us. He's already within this 21 feet. Well, obviously, you're going to have to read that situation immediately and make a determination of a potential threat level. You know, is it a guy that just came from, you know, bringing in a prop for the pastor and the sermon, you know, or some other thing that's got going on? Or is it somebody who's holding the sword in a, for lack of a better way, a menacing way? You know, they're holding it by the handle. Maybe they're swinging it. It's their facial expression of, you know, of sternness or anger or, you know, the signs of blotchy skin or a red face and profuse sweating, you know, those signs of agitation. Um, you know, you're, if you're seeing those kind of threatening acts, you might need to immediately draw while yelling at them to drop the swords, drop the swords. And then, of course, depending on their action, you're going to have to take whatever action you need to do to make that situation safe. If possible, you're going to still need to call a lockdown over the radio, if at all possible. You know, obviously, your primary concern is protecting yourself and your partner and everyone inside the church. You have little to no time to act, and so you're going to take, you know, first actions first. However, if you can or your partner can get on the radio and go lockdown, 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 which is my recommendation for a lockdown code, uh, we don't use code. We want to be very clear to everybody what needs to be done. Um, then the rest of your team or, and or the children's ministry, the ushers, the greeters, and all those people can go into that lockdown while you're dealing with that very dangerous threat. And then, of course, because you've gone into lockdown, somebody who's on the inside needs to be calling 911 to get the police there as soon as possible because, obviously, this is a highly dangerous situation. So I hope that kind of makes sense to you. I know we kind of went through that fast, but I want you to kind of do, do this for me and do this for your team. Talk about the situation and say, okay, let's, let's imagine this unfolding and then throw different kind of things in there like, okay, he's way off in a distance or he's midway, he's, he's on top of us. You know, How might that change our plan? Um, depending on where we are. Am I alone standing out in front? And I call back up, you know, who's coming to back me up and what, you know, are, you know, and, or, and all that, you know, so then what's the process and who's calling 911 and when are we going into a lockout? When are we going into a lockdown? All those kind of things and kind of use it as an, like I said, just use this situation as a way to think through your own response plan. So, Thank you so much for being here today. I want to remind you that um, um, if you want to get the download for this, you can just go into the comment section below and uh, the download will be available roughly for a couple of weeks. Um, so get it. It just basically breaks us down into a simple way and really the way I kind of recommend you do with it is you get the download and you talk with your team like I've already suggested and it's got some notes in there to kind of make the conversation go a little bit easier. Other than that, you know, share this video with the team, have them watch them, have a think about it. You know, you don't have to ambush your guys with this little, 
with this little exercise of thinking through the process, have them watch the video. And then when you guys get together next Sunday, have a discussion about this. So other than that, thank you so much for being here this week. And hey, let's be careful out there. This program is made for informational purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice.